guys are crazy, aren't they? <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious and a little emotional. <laughs> Praise God. Well, how are we doing this morning, church? Blessed. Blessed. Let me get situated here. Welcome again, Harvest, uh, those tuning in online. Uh, we pray God's blessing over your life and believe that the Lord uh, will speak this morning. We pray to you. Uh, just a couple of things. We have the block party Thursday. So I just want to encourage you to come out to that. Uh, and then we have the water baptism. How many have experienced water baptisms here at Harvest? Yes. So we'll have the tank in here, and we have a number of people signed up. It's, it's uh, uh, nice to know who signed up to prepare for. Just share a little bit on water baptism, and we'll have the water baptism here. And uh, this will be our first water baptism in our new building. <clears throat> and so a very powerful time. So... Uh, men, women, children, doesn't matter what age or whatever, you feel in the need to be water baptized. And <clears throat> it is a command of the Lord, and so we're providing that opportunity, and, and we'll have fresh, clean water, and it'll be warm. <clears throat> I've got some good heaters, uh, not too hot. So, um, so that's uh, uh, next Sunday. And just some of you may have noticed coming in, all along tore up. We're doing our best to keep things... Uh, mowed down, but that's the sprinkler system going in. So really nice, what's taking place. Uh, that should be done this week. But one uh, shout out I have for a need or the church was would be when the sod comes. <clears throat> we would be having 14 pallets of sod that we want to get in the front, so we have an instant lawn. That'll be nice. So think about that when we have a day. Uh, hopefully, maybe it would be like a Saturday or something that we could get it. We'd have to get the sod the day before. But we could get some help. I think if we had a dozen or so people, we could knock that out within a few hours. So just a little bit on that. Well, amen. Let's take a moment and pray and ask for God's blessing. Father, I humble myself before you. And I recognize that in and of myself, I have nothing good to say. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through. Give to your people today what they need. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And the lights came back on. <laughs> How about a joke? <clears throat> Is that all right? <clears throat> so some of you may have heard this, though. It's called the Husband Store, and it sells husbands, and it recently opened up in, in Minneapolis. That's where women may go to choose a husband. So among the instructions at the entrance is a description how the store operates. You may visit this store only once. There are six floors, and the value of the products increase as the shopper ascends the flights. The shopper may choose any item for a particular floor, or may choose to go up to the next floor, but you cannot go back down except to exit the building. So a woman goes to the husband's store to find a husband. On the first floor, the sign of the door reads, floor number one, these men have jobs. She's intrigued, but continues to the second floor where the sign reads, these men have jobs and love kids. That's nice, she thinks, but I want more. So she continues upward to the third floor and the sign reads, these men have jobs, love kids, and are extremely good looking. Wow, she thinks, but feels compelled to keep going. She goes to the fourth floor and the sign reads, these men have jobs, they love kids, Kids, they are drop-dead good-looking and help with housework. 
Oh, mercy, she explains. I can hardly stand it. Still, she goes to the fifth floor and the sign reads, These men have jobs, love kids, are drop-dead gorgeous, help with housework, and have a strong romantic streak. She is so tempted to stay, but she goes to the sixth floor where the sign reads, You are visitor, 31,456,012 to this floor. There are no men on this floor. This floor exists solely as proof that a woman is impossible to please. Thank you for shopping at the husband's store. <laughs> Come on, man. Someone say amen. <laughs> Got off the quiet with the women here. All right. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to James chapter 1, verse 8. James chapter 1, verse 8. I want to talk to you about having a made-up mind. I had the honor and privilege of uh, being a part of a, a Zoom meeting in Sri Lanka that went throughout the province of Sri Lanka right now. Many of you know that Sri Lanka, uh, like many uh, countries in the world, are in desperate crisis. And their fuel is up 256%. They have to wait in line in queues for a day and a half, 12, 15, 18 hours just to get some diesel, some fuel. And electricity is, is, is really metered. And, and it's just a very horrible, horrible situation. And I want to think about that, and I think about the men here today as we saw him. And I want to talk to us about being double-minded and how that affects our life, that God has not called us to be men. And this applies to women as also, not being double-minded. The Bible says in James 1.8, a double-minded man or woman is unstable in all their ways. It means having two minds. It means being undecided in every step that you take, <clears throat> half-hearted, wavering in everything that you do. Waving, one who is uncertain about everything that he does, double-mindedness. And I think some of the reasons why we are uh, plagued, some, some men, uh, some people are with double-mindedness, number one, for the believers, we really don't trust the Lord that he's going to take care of us. That's a good place to say amen, Pastor Mike. We really don't, we don't trust God, uh, that it, his goodness to take care of us and we doubt in his goodness and his power. And, and when we doubt his goodness and his power, there is no stability going to be in our life in the time of crisis. No stability in our life. You know, some of you remember back in March 2020, we just returned from a, a two-week trip from Sri Lanka. <clears throat> I think it was uh, probably on our anniversary, March 11th, uh, the 12th. I think uh, at that time, President Trump shut down everything and if we would have missed it by two days, we'd probably still be in Sri Lanka, and this church wouldn't be built. We'd be stuck there. <clears throat> but everything got shut down, at least there, for about six to eight months. There was no travel. And when I came back, I began to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying? What, what's going on? What is your heart? <clears throat> and certain people saying, you know, it's all fine. It's all good. It's just passing a few weeks, and, and this will just be like a passing flu bug and all of this. And... And I just think, Lord, what are you saying? And I, and I taught in a series called that God is shaking us to awaken us. And, and I really feel now looking back, that was the word of the Lord. And it is. It really is. At that time, it was a prophetic word. Prophetic word for our nation. And I said things like, is God speaking to us? What is he saying? And is this something that, you know, we may not be able to hear Unless we experience it, that cause us to wake up. And I said this, if we're part of a biblical movement that believes God is continually present and always speaking, then what is he saying now? And that's a great question. What was God saying then? What is God saying now in us? And, and I really believe even back then and even today it, it pertains that what is God saying 
And God is saying several things, and it's a season, uh, I could say simply, of sifting. Now, my dad and my grandpa, an Italian, moved from Italy when he was 15 to upstate New York. And he was very craftsmanship. He worked with his hands. He was a brilliant mason, stone cutter. Uh, He built bridges and very, very gifted with his tools and masonry. And he built the first uh, SO Exxon gas station in Pine Plains, New York. Of course, he had, you know, eight sons. They all ran it. They had to. They had no choice. And... uh, that was the day when you pulled in for gas, the, a whole crew would run out, start wiping. Come on. You know, now you barely get the pump to turn on. Hello. You know, you run out checking the tires. They lift the hood. They would. I know. It actually happened one time. It actually happened. But uh, uh, he, Grandpa used to like to garden, too. And he had, he had a little thing here. He grew grapes. I was always fascinated by that. And I think I have uh, some of the, the good traits of Grandpa I, I have. And I, I enjoy that. And uh, I do gardening, but my dad was, you know, he would try gardening, but he would get plants probably in August. August is not the time to go by. Come on, somebody, you know, you got to get going early. But he would say, hey, stick these in the ground and stick them anywhere. But it was always not organized. So I would, when I was old enough, I had my own rototiller and I get an organized garden. But one of the things he had he got from grandpa was a sifter. And so I actually built a sifter. I, I, the last few houses I have, I have a sifter. And so it's basically a lean-to with, you know, one inch by half inch mesh. And, and you take, how many know what I'm talking about? You take the dirt with rocks. Rocks are like, it's like sand. Rocks like it's everywhere. And you throw it up on it and then the rocks roll down and the dirt is perfect. Come on, somebody. I stick my hands out like that. It's just beautiful. You can put lettuce in that. You can put the, there's no rocks in it. It's very small. Okay. You know, and it's just like a beautiful, so, and I just thought about that, and I was actually doing some sifting the other day, and, and I thought, that's the season we're in. Amen. There's a lot of ballast, there's a lot of rocks in our life that it took COVID, it took a pandemic, took all this insanity and stability, and I don't think we're through it. Nope. Not forget the COVID, nope. but the, you know, what's going on, right. food, all of these crazy other things. Yep. I don't think through it, but if you take that shovel, and it's hard to get in because you're hitting rocks, you're hitting debris, roots and everything. But when you throw it on that sifter, the good dirt falls through. Right. The workable stuff, stuff that you can work with and plant with, and it's there. And that's what's just happening. And, and I think about that. And God is, God is attempting to filter this, the worldly debris out of our life. Amen, Pastor Mike. That's what's happening. What does that mean? If you're an authentic Christian, Christians are coming back to their first love. Yeah. You know what? This really doesn't matter. I've been about this. This, this. this really matters, my first love. Learning afresh what it means to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. What is that? How do we do that? It's been a season of realizing uh, where is our hope in? Where is our provision in? That's right. When we're sustained. Is it in our vocation? Is it in our retirement fund? Uh Uh-oh. Surely it's not in the government. Uh, Is it in ourselves or is it really in the Lord? Do we really say when we say we trust the Lord that we're trusting in him? I'm speaking to all of us here this morning. Are we in this faith journey for righteous reasons? I mean, what is the motives in our heart and the grounds? And why am I a Christian? Why are you a Christian? Why do you profess to be a Christian? Hmm. Regardless of what God might be saying or not, and I believe he's saying a lot of things, we're in a very difficult season still, faced with 40-plus year high inflation. You know, actually, Sri Lanka is 33.8% inflation. 
worse in other countries. But, but still, the U.S. is, is really hit, hit hard. And some predicting, God forbid, $10 a gas, uh, a gallon. And uh, we see food shortages. And, and here's the thing I want to say. The only way we, his church, us as believers, are going to go through and increasingly prevail. How many of you know that God, even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't camp out there. We walk through. So sometimes you ha- we just have to. I know for the word of faith people, this is hard to, but we just have to walk through valleys because they awaken us to go, what's going on? I didn't see this before. I never would imagine. There's things that I'm in a sense, hear what I'm saying, that COVID happened. I'm thankful. Now I see things differently. I would have never saw that unless that would have happened. And I think God wants to show us unique things in our life through these dark seasons. But no matter what, if we're going to prevail successfully, we have to have a made-up mind. We have to be determined. We need to not be double-minded in this season, Pastor Mike. What do you mean, double-minded in your life? How's this, double-minded in your faith? Well, I, I do the church thing, but, whoo, you know, the world and... Well, you know, double-minded, double-minded in marriage, you know, like what, you know, always this conflict back and forth, double-minded in our job, our business. Some of you are double-minded in your parenting. Should we do it this way? Should we do it that way? You're not on the same page together. Double-mindedness is really... Uh, uh, attacked our nation and its spirit, I really believe. And it is an anti-Christ spirit because it causes us not to move forward. It inoculates us as believers and we don't move forward in the things of God. Amen, Pastor Mike. So are we in this for the right reasons? Are we in it to be just only served or for his blessings? And what happens when the blessings stop? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a Christian. You're going to make it to heaven. Yes, but you know, just not be able to get everything you've been praying for or whatever, believing for, is our heart in the right place? Are you still here this morning? <clears throat> and so a double-minded is anti-God. And the Bible says that we are not going to receive anything, somebody shout anything, from the Lord when we're double-minded. So that tells me God is not double-minded, that he has grace and gifts and blessings in single-mindedness, not double-mindedness. Amen. James 1, 7 says, For let not those double-minded people think that they receive anything from the Lord. You know, it's a very powerful verse in Daniel. Daniel eleven thirty two. 32, he says, The people who are spiritually mature and know their God, watch this, will display strength, not fear, and take action. Yeah. Did you hear that? Wow. People that are spiritually mature, and this season of sifting has awakened some people to find out, oh, God, oh, oh, that's not the time for you to start digging in your Bible going, oh, I, I think I need to start reading. Now, I, if you didn't have a systematic Bible reading before the pandemic hit, I hope you do now. <laughs> and that's okay and that's good. But, but let's not be caught off guard. Let's be people that are vigilant now in our spiritual walk. Can I get an amen? It's a, but the, if you're double-minded... <clears throat> And and those people that are spiritually mature, they know their God and they will display strength, not fear. This was a tremendous season these last two and a half, three years that people displayed an enormous amount of fear and still are. I still see people wearing a mask and I don't know why. I I just don't know. Anyhow, let me move right off of that. But maybe there's health reasons, all right? So no judgment there. There could be health reasons in that for other things. But... I, I, people are just struck 
with fear. But, but, but those that know God are going to be strong. And what are they going to do? It says they're not going to fear, but not only you feel they're strong, but they're going to do something. Yeah. What, what, so the question is, what have you done in the last two and a half, three years through the pandemic? Hide, store food in your basement. Come on, somebody. Come on, those 25-year buckets of dried whatever. How is that going to taste on the 24th and a half year? And you have, I mean, break that thing out and add some water to it. See what that tastes like. <clears throat> Amen. I know I'm hitting a lot of things right here. Double-mindedness brings two things generally. It brings confusion and a lack of clarity. Confusion and a lack of clarity. And these two things are not necessarily sinful in themselves. But a heart, watch this, and a mind clouded with confusion can only be one that is easily, that falls in to the wrong path or direction. It's imperative. All of us, men and women, kids, it is crucial, essential, it's necessary. It is very important that we have a made-up mind, no matter what comes down the pike. If everything ends and fuel prices drop down and things change and, oh, we go back to, no, regardless, or if it gets worse. And I'm not a doom and gloom preacher, okay? I'm not. But, but there's some serious things on the horizon in our nation. And no matter what comes down, we have to have a made-up mind. You know, some of you parents, too, as you're parenting your kids and and, and sometimes kids, they don't, you can do the best you can and they don't embrace your values. They don't embrace the biblical values, the things you espouse to. Here's the word of the Lord for you. Stay steady. Amen. Did you hear me? Stay steady. Stay the course. Stay being the man or the woman of God doing what you normally have done, serving the Lord. Stay steady. Even though they may not be, you just stay steady. So having a, a made up mind, can you say amen? A made up mind. Uh, that what? That Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. And as Joshua cried out and prayed, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Amen. No matter what you do, I don't know about, but I- I'm going to serve God. Now, that doesn't mean in our journey we're not occasionally locked down at times or knocked out. How many know But we get back up and we move forward with God? Amen. All of us, every single one of you, have been hit heavy with something really heavy on your heart. Whether it's a loss of a loved one, of a crisis situation, painful, hit by the economy, hit, I mean, just tremendous losses. God is sifting us to waken us up spiritually. The answer isn't, I got to get more money. Come on. The answer isn't, you know, I got to do this, I got to do The answer is Christ in our life, in our nation coming back to God, which is going to take an absolute miracle from heaven it it really is i mean there's just it seems like the division has become so stark you know so separated it's it's going to have to take a a miracle of god you know if you ever watch some older uh maybe productions or shows of where uh you've had uh all uh nationalities in certain events uh, even in some of the older movies, how they really, even though, yes, there was issues of racism, yes, there was issues, but they, they got, got along, and there was a, 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 a just this, America was a different America than it is today. It is more divisive and separated and ostracized, and it's just, it's, it's very, it's disheartening. It really is, and it's something that the enemy knows his time is near, and he's doing all he can to bring chaos, because here's the thing. If you think about it, the last, uh, uh, And God can use any nation, but when you think of America and the gospel going forth, if America falls, God forbid, 
what is the hope of these other countries? Right. You know, really. And, and I know God has believers in other nations and he can turn things around. But my prayer is no. As long as we are here as a church, we're going to be a standard, a beacon of hope and light and of truth of God's word. Amen. That's what we're going to be. So whatever else they decide to do, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I believe that's the majority of you here. We're going to serve God, even though that may not be politically correct. I don't care. No matter what, we're going to serve God in his purpose and what his word says about situations. Amen? Amen. Uh, made up mind. A made-up mind. You know, one of the characteristics is in many of them, I don't want to get into them, but when we talk about uh, double-mindedness is you say one thing and do another. There's this constant war. I mean, uh, there is a battling. Paul talks about the flesh and the spirit. There's always an inner turmoil. But if you're walking around constantly in turmoil and torment, there's something going on where you haven't made up your mind yet on your flesh. Amen, Pastor Mike. You just haven't made up your mind yet. And you have all of this crisis going on in your life. And so that is a characteristic, uh, you know, in, in, in people's lives. Most of the trouble and the suffering and the torment that has come into my life is when I remember clearly being, looking back, in a double-minded state. A double-minded state. So what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Well, do I build this house or not? Do I move here or not? Do I come back here or not? Do I do this or that? You know, what is it? am I following God? Am I following my flesh at this time? Am I listening to God? Am I speaking to anybody? You know, I, what? What? I remember a, a very stark time, and it was a very pivotal time when I met Rhonda at Christ of the Nations. And uh, some of you have already heard the story. I won't repeat it in, in how we met, but uh, the relationship was ensued, and, and uh, I... I really was like kind of wondering like hey lord is this the one now i grew up under the 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 teaching that there is only one person for you in all the world good luck in eight billion plus people trying to find that one person you know what i mean but but yeah how many come on some of you know what i'm talking about all right that one divine listen if they love god you know, and they, 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 they love the Lord, heart, soul, mind, and spirit. They love you. You can work through anything. Amen? Okay? But, but you know, I was under that. Is this the one? Is this the one? And, and uh, she already had her mind made up. And uh, she was like, yeah. And I broke up with her one time. I don't want to see you. The next day she came back. You know, she was like, yeah. What's I'm like, how do you know? She just knew. She just knew. But I knew, but I just needed a word from the Lord. You know what I mean? I was double-minded, not because I didn't love her. I just was, I had that over my mind. How many hear what I'm saying? Yes. And I was just like, I need to break this. So I go into Gordon Lindsay Tower, and it's there at Christ of the Nations. I don't know if they still have a room. It's probably 10 by 10. It was always packed with guys in there praying and screaming. And just, you know, it's like, oh, I need a quiet place. And sometimes I would go in my car out in the parking lot, shut the door, and just kneel on the, the passenger seat and just try to pray. But I remember at this time, nobody was into Gordon Lindsay Tower in the prayer room. And... I was crying. I was like, God, I need an answer. I'm so frustrated. And I said, that's it. So I opened my Bible. Do not do this. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. I opened my Bible and I just pointed to the scripture and I said, whatever that says, I'm going to do. Dear God, thank it didn't say, and Judas went out and hung himself. You know, thank you. That it did. I didn't point at that, you know. <clears throat> but I pointed at it and it, <clears throat> don't do this. But this verse was from God. And it was Psalms 15.4. I had to ponder and I stopped. It said, he who swears to his own hurt and does not change. And it took the pressure off her having to be the right person. Come on, somebody. And me, when I make a decision, follow through and not be double-minded. 
Some of you are still processing what I just said. He who swears to his own hurt. In other words, I'm going to make a decision. If I say yes to marry this woman, I'm going to follow through. Do you get that? Swearing to your own hurt. I was like, oh, wow. It's not about all her being everything perfect. It's about me making a decision also. And I have to stand by that. How many see that? Say amen. Amen. And does not change. Not be double-minded. And I know sometimes I've discovered that even if you can't figure things out, in some situations, you just need to pull the trigger and make a decision. Right? Because right? yeah. indecision, you're vacillating. You're in a boat. You're like in the perfect storm. There's another wave coming. You know, just, you're just so indecisive. And let me just tell you something. Men, women mostly don't like indecision. Some ladies just looking straight right at me. Some of you just need, come on now. You guys just make a decision. Are we going to do this or not? Well, well, and we figure it out. We reason it out. We hash it out. We go rehearse it in our mind. And then we try to, that's okay. Do those things. But at the end, make a decision. Amen. It's all been quiet in this church. Ladies are shouting amen. But I'm not trying to be hard on the men. But double-mindedness. Double-mindedness. And I think that sometimes you say, well, I made a decision. It was the wrong decision. Well, you're still here today. You survived. You didn't die. Amen. And God brought you through, even if it's the wrong decision. If your heart is right, I really believe God will, he'll steer you and he'll help you through that. How many know that God is not double-minded? He's not restless. He's not confused. He's not confused in his thoughts or his actions or his behavior. Here's the thing. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to hear and receive spiritual insight when you're vacillating and unstable in your thinking. Very difficult. You know, Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew 6.24, Jesus declared, he said, no one can serve two masters. And we talk about God and the things of this world. And he's saying, really, in that situation, you can't serve them both. You can't say, I love God and I love the world. You're going to love one and you've got to hate the other. It's just the way it is. If you're saying, I love the world, but I love God, but I love the world. Come on, somebody. But I love, I mean, it's going to start to hurt after a while. And some of you are hurting in your souls. Amen. As far as I'm going. <clears throat> and, and, and so you have to have a, a made up mind. I remember in Joshua 24 where he says, choose you this day whom you will serve. But for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. And they, they move in. You know, Joshua, he had a made up mind even before he said this 40 years earlier when he went in to uh, the promised land with the 11 other spies. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. When I think about double mindedness and I think about Jesus declaring serving two masters, make up your mind. Some of you need to make up your mind this in your life physically. Some of you need to make up your mind in your life mentally. But some of you need to make up your mind with your life even morally. Now, breathe in and breathe out. Relax. I love you. I'm your pastor. But you have to make up your mind when it comes to moral issues. Because if not, the enemy will wreak havoc in your mind and you will be unstable in all your ways. All right? I I just heard this uh, uh, read about I grew up in a fantasy island. I remember the fantasy island. We were forbidden to watch it. We couldn't because it was too much flesh in it. My parents said it. That was back in the 70s and 80s. And there was a little guy who was 3 foot 11, tattoo, remember? He would go, Deplay, Deplay. But how many met some of you? Like, what is he talking about? <clears throat> this guy was so immoral, this little Frenchman. I'm shocked. 
I'm just shocked that, you know, they say that every hooker in Hong Kong he knew. And he committed suicide at 50, 1993. Shot himself in the chest, but had everything before him, had his whole life. But he kept, watch it, he kept giving himself over to his flesh. Come on, somebody. Kept giving himself over. Giving himself over. Piece of his soul is taken away. Piece of his soul taken away. Piece of his soul is taken away. Piece of his soul taken away. Giving himself. He didn't even know who he was. Yes, he had physical things that were, you know, really affecting his life. But he finally he takes his life and he writes a note and he even has a recording. And the note says, this is all my doing. I did this to myself. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> a made up mind. A made up mind. What does it mean for us today? Well, I've been praying about that job but you didn't get it. I'm still serving the Lord. I, di I didn't get it. It didn't work out. I'm still going to serve the Lord. I'm going to follow Jesus for his plan for my life. Oh, I really want to marry this woman or, or this man. It didn't work out. The situation didn't work out. You know what? No matter what, <clears throat> I'm going to serve the Lord. Maybe you lost the business. Maybe you lost the house. God forbid. Maybe you have to downsize in that company. These are very painful things. Maybe, maybe you just can't do that vacation now on credit, but you might have to save for it. Come on, somebody. It's okay. I got a made up mind. I'm not going to get bitter and angry. I'm going to serve the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen? Maybe I have to sell that toy or not. I don't know. Whatever God's asking. It doesn't matter. You have a made up mind. You're going to follow the Lord. You're not going to be double minded in your spirit, man or woman. You're not going to be double minded in your life. What does that mean? You're going to continue to worship God in his house. You're going to, you know, lift up your hands in worship. You're going to read his word. You're going to, when you fall and you stumble, you're going to repent. And you're going to draw near to God. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? You're committed to him. You're going to serve. You're going to humble yourself. You're, you're committed to his purposes for your life and your family. No matter what, you have a made up mind. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Amen. Let me just say something about anger. Anger has its place. Ephesians 4, 26 says, be angry at sin. Be angry at immorality, at injustice. Be angry at ungodly behavior. But don't let anger cause shame in your life. There's a lot of uh, shame that's happening. It's easy to happen in the moment, in the heat of it. People do things and act certain ways. I mean, next thing you know, they're breaking out in a fight. And, you know, it's going, you know, ballistic on on social media and people just laughing and, and so we have to be cautious about that for all of us myself included it's easy to get angry at governmental leaders it's easy at the educators today uh, who are systematically destroying the country and our youth and our college students the lies the contrary values that we embrace yes anger has a place but the bible says god says don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. In other words, don't let your anger get you to the place, watch this, that you're self-exasperating constantly all the time. And listen to me, Christians that are constantly angry, they don't operate in the righteousness of God. You're not. You may think, I'm on a, I'm on a mission. But you're constantly angry. James 1.20 says, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness and justice of God. You could say the anger of a woman does not produce the righteousness and justice of God. The standard behavior which he requires of us. Wow. Joshua, he addressed Israel and their double-mindedness. And he said, you know what? You need to choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In other words, hey, I'm moving on with God. You can do whatever you want. But I'm going to enter my promised land. How many with me say amen? I'm going to conclude with this in Deuteronomy 34. We read that Moses, the Bible says, is dead. And all the men 
that are 20 years old and up are, are, are dead. And there's a whole new generation. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, what does that mean for us, for some of you today? Some of you need to let the past go. You need to let it go. It didn't work out. This situation didn't work out. You need to let it go and you need to move on. That's for some of you here today. But Joshua, we see, is there as their leader appointed and anointed by God and affirmed by Moses. He is about to enter in now into the promised land after 40 years in the wilderness. He's in his 60s, they figure. He's one of the two spies of the 10. What? He came back with a good report. Somebody shout good report. Stand with me if you would, please. Good report. Good report. What does that mean, a good report? Worship team, you can come forward. A good report, man or woman, are those that enter God's promised land. Did you hear that? Good report. Coming back with a good report. Good report are men that finish strong, even in the midst of crisis. They come out on the other side of the crisis, overcoming. Overcoming. Good report, men and women, are them that continue to stand strong in their faith. Even though they may be pressed on every side. And the easy way out is to quit. To go back to the old way. But they don't. They don't. Good report men takes, take God's word over the facts and feelings. You say, what do you mean by that? How many know that the facts said when they went into the land. That those giants were true. That's the facts. They were huge. Regardless of whatever size. Those giants true. They were real. But at that time, God said, even though the facts shout against and contrary to what God said, God said what he said would prevail. But they didn't believe it, except Joshua and Caleb. So I've shared this before. Three million people go into bondage because of ten people's opinion. So who led you, whose opinion led you into bondage? Come on now. Whose opinion? An evil report. And so God said basically the factual report, the facts. You know, the Bible says that too, that when you ever endeavor to build on a project or whatever you set out to do, make sure you have enough money and you have enough resources to complete it. God's not throwing wisdom out of the door. All right? But the point is, the point is that their unbelief, they believed uh, the facts and that was evil. That to God, even though the facts shout. Listen, if I were to listen to the facts about this building, we wouldn't be here today. The facts said a lot of people, you people are nuts out there at Harvest. You're going to build? Steel is up? You can't get things, you know, they're held up and ships out in California and you can't get supplies? We got it. We're in it. So I didn't listen to the facts. I had to listen. My wife and I, too, even though we kind of came to the place where God said now. How many of you know when God says yes, yes means yes? yes. When God says no, it's a hard no. God says no in that relationship, it's a hard no. <laughs> it's a hard no. I don't mean to be mean, but that's the way it is. But when God says yes, it's a good yes. It means yes, you can do it. It means yes, even though you feel weak. Some of you feel like you're just in a wheelchair. You can't really. You just roll along. God says, when I say yes, you can do it. But when no... No. And God said yes. But we still had to be single-minded. Because I'm telling you, for years, I've vacillated. I don't know. Even people would show on the land. They'd scratch their head and go, yes, Sunday, maybe. <laughs> you guys are 10 years out. Yep. But even though that thing happened, a quick work, 
such a short period, it still was 20 years. Come on now. Did you hear that? 22 years, right? 22 years of just pressing on, not quitting. It had been easy to go, I, I got actually opportunities to get pastor at churches in the cities that had over a thousand people that sent me letters. Will you please come? Like, what about my people here? Well, we have a bet. There's more you could be, you know, you grow that church to 2,500. I'm like, really? I showed it to a few people just to let them know. Did you know that? But I'm here. <laughs> God's called me here. God called us here. What, what am I trying to say? Yes, I struggle. The biggest, I'd stand in front of all of you with double-mindedness. I know what it's like. I am. I am. And I have been inoculated. I have been paralyzed by it. But it's clouded my mind for many years at times, not knowing. But when God put the seed of yes in my heart, I still have to say with my wife, you know what? We're doing this. And like, like Indiana Jones stepping out on that chasm, I stepped down. And I'm like, yes. And there was a pathway. Four. Every head bowed, please, here this morning. Good report. Believing the report of the Lord. Not the facts, but the report of the Lord. Some of you here this morning, and you say, yeah, that, that's me, Pastor. I've struggled. I know we've all had many ways. But some of you right now, your just life is identified with double-mindedness. What am I? I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Or some of you, you've done some things that think dear God if somebody knew my life's destroyed that's where forgiveness and cleansing comes in that's where healing comes in virtually every meltdown in Bible times God shows up speaking a lot of times to the voice of the prophet and the voice of the prophet seems to appear in the middle of crisis and so prophets and crisis go hand in hand and I come to the place to realize I don't claim a title, but there's a prophetic mantle in my life. And when things seem like they're hitting the fan, God seems to speak to me more. <laughs> he seems to say, you know, this is the word of the Lord. This is how, and that's because of him and his grace and gift in my life. Prophets don't come for the center of a society. They're not beholden to anyone. Daniel said this, the people that do know their God shall be strong. Those that know their God shall be strong and they will do exploits. That word exploits, yada, in the Hebrew, it means to learn to know. Doesn't mean it's just this automatic God gives you this. No, you learn and you study to know. That's how you know you got to those that know their God to learn to know. So a made up mind man or woman is one that seeks the Lord. They seek Him. They seek to learn to know God. You say, well, I feel like I'm doing all right. When was the last time you read God's Word? I'm, I'm going to ask for a show of hands. Just... Well, we get a little bit on Sunday morning from about 1045 to about 1125. The most potent answer I can give you today overcome double-mindedness is this one thing we'll leave with this Psalm 119 105 your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path your word is a lamp to my feet a light unto my path what God's word to direct me in all my doubts and difficulties God's word to comfort me in all my fears and distress God's word shows me the way where and to I should go both night and day God's word is a lamp and a light unto my feet and path 
Not only does God's word inform us of his will, but is a light on a path in darkness. It shows us how to follow the right and avoid the wrong way. With every head bowed here this morning, say, Pastor, I'm not right with the Lord. I'm not right with Jesus. This is the most important decision for you to make in your life, to receive Christ into your life. I want to lead you in a prayer if you've never done this, or if you've never really, you have been vacillating. You've been in the world with your heart, and you've been in the church with your heart. And something's got to give. Something's got to give. The Spirit of God is speaking to you this morning. He is beckoning you with arms open wide, not with judgment, with arms open wide. Will you choose this day to follow me? If that's you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, a prayer of commitment, a prayer of single-mindedness, and a prayer of salvation renewed, renewed again in him. Let's pray together and say, Jesus, forgive me for my double-mindedness. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I make a decision. I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, help me. Strengthen me. I want to serve you all the days of my life. Show me the areas that the enemy is speaking to me in making me double minded. In Jesus' name. And friends, if you prayed that, being double minded, I really believe God will meet you at your point of need. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen? I want to invite all the workers to step forward. And uh, that slide is up just to show you that we want to help you on your journey. There are tremendously, as you've seen the men up here and women in this church that will help you on your spiritual journey. But it really boils down to this verse in Psalm 119. You've got to get on a consistent basis the Word of God. I don't mean that legalistically. I don't care if you're on a treadmill in your house at 6 a.m. running. doesn't matter. I don't care if you're folding laundry or out mowing. Put the headset on. Get the Word of God into your life because that's going to help you not be so double-minded when the crisis hits. Amen? Amen. Amen. These are safe people. They're here for you. Don't leave here without prayer getting ministry to or hands laid upon you. Let me bless you. Father, we thank you. We thank you for singleness of heart and singleness of mind here today. I thank you for the love and the passion of your people. Lord, I'm so thankful for made-up mind men in this church. This church is as strong as it is, I believe, because of the the many men that have made up their minds to to lead their families spiritually. Lord, I pray for those that have painful situations and memories of dads. They weren't all that good. Strengthen these men. Let joy be upon their hearts today. I pray for even the single moms today that are raising kids that don't have dads, that they would know that you love them. You are a father. Lord, that you will take care of them they plug in and get their kids involved and surrounded by other kids in the church growing in their faith strengthen their hearts I pray Father God today Lord I pray also too today families go out celebrate fathers keep them safe Father God keep them safe with their about till we return again it's in Jesus name I pray and all God's people said Amen, amen. Feel free to fellowship out in the lobby. We want you to just sign up. Remember the water baptism. 
Uh, God bless you. And we'll see you next week. God bless you.